from worlds beyond to right at the gaming table. These are all my fantasy children. Welcome all to another blank fantasy child, um, another fantasy blank, a blank fantasy child page. Um, but it's all my fantasy children uh, with a guest. I know. I'm so ex- I'm I am legitimately so excited. Like, how cool is that? It's super cool. So I want to first start out, of course, by introducing the first guest to all my fantasy children, where we're going to do this three senior wizard tag team tournament introducing no one else i mean none other than amazing podcaster and game designer tracy barnett hey how's it going going good going good how are you I, you know what sorry right, it's you fine came, you came hard with the intro and then you dialed it back that's a that's a that's a level of it that's that i like that i like that variety that's a power move right there that's power I'm, you know i i uh i felt like bringing just bringing a chill vibe to what's like going it. on i like right it. i like I feel it yeah this. And that's indicative of what we're going to do today, because we're going to do a little bit of our All My Fantasy Children uh, character creation, world building, and storytelling podcast powered by listener prompts, where we take a listener prompt each week, create an original fantasy character. But this week, we're going to take a prompt, and Jeff and I are kind of going to take a back seat. We're sitting in the back seat. Tracy, you're driving. Yeah. So uh, I do a podcast with my friend Kate Bowie that is called Another Blank Page, and it was directly inspired by All My Fantasy Children. We do world building as well, but the way that we do it is like building a wiki, right? We started with a single prompt. We just started with a goblin in one scene, in one frozen moment in time. We explain, explored what was in that scene, and then we highlighted four things we liked from that scene. We picked one of those to do our next episode on, and we just kept doing that. So we have all these blank pages we fill in but they all happen at the exact same moment in time and it's a little a little slowed down it's a little meditative uh just to like breathe into one singular moment and uh that's what we're gonna do with all the trappings of amfc goodness on top i'm so excited i'm very excited and i have to tell you that um Another blank page is very clever in the way that it is a snapshot of like a day in the world and like all the interesting things that happen kind of at the same time mm-hmm, in a day mm-hmm. and how they all fit into like a, it's like a mosaic. Yeah. It's, it's very it's, interesting. That's a good way. That's a very good way to describe it. And a good way to describe like what makes it special and exciting is like, it is this, this tapestry of like, it is in the same way that I would describe AMFC as like a world of characters. Another blank page is like a world of moments where it's yeah. all like, it's all these things happening in this one space that comes together to create this really lived-in experience. It's super interesting and very cool, and I'm very excited to get to uh, just kind of try it. Yeah, it yeah. sounds very interesting. It sounds like it's like IMFC on hard mode, in my opinion, where I'm like, where you kind of have to dial back, like you said, and kind of it's more meditative, and like you have to take it slowly as opposed to throwing spaghetti at the wall, which is like our standard strategy. Sometimes literally. Yes, sometimes literally. But this is more of like building a ship in a bottle where it's a little more of like, tweezers and meticulously like building one small moment very cool yeah i'm excited to 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 give it a shot and i'm honored that you both are having me on for this that's it's really awesome to to be on the show that inspired what i do 
Shucks. Well, we're honored to have a really talented tabletop and podcast person on our show. You're the first guest. You know how cool we think you are? Fuck. You, you, you have to. Like, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, it started off as a, as a half joke on Twitter, like sometime in, I think it was still in 2019. Um, but mm-hmm. I, I had decided that I wanted to be the first guest on All My Fantasy Children. And now here we are. You see, kids, if you dream it, you can live it. Side note, when Aaron said, you're the first, I thought you were going to say the first really talented game designer and podcaster <laughs> to appear on All My Fantasy Children. And like, I don't know why that's where my brain went, but I think that says a lot about who I am as a person. I was about to my- say, insecurity, that's why. <laughs> yeah, I was going to yeah. say, <laughs> Jeff Shook, you heard the footsteps, as they have, say. Do you have a, a notebook of stuff that you take to your therapist? Because... <laughs> <laughs> um... <laughs> Can I, I want to start this week by first, we're going to do a little icebreaker, yep. like we're in uh, the youth group that I attended in like seventh grade. And oh, just I'm flashing it. back. All right. So I'll ask you first, Tracy, what's getting you excited this week? Uh, what's getting me excited this week? Uh, so we're, we're recording this the week of uh, American Thanksgiving, um, and I work a, uh, a retail job where I am the beer buyer for a community grocery store. And it's it's a it's a really cool job. I I literally get to I curate the beer selection for the entire store. Um, that's and really cool. That's the <laughs> coolest thing in the world. It's <laughs> so cool. And, well, and, and so it is. Except that I, I enjoy this. So don't get me wrong when I say what I'm about to say. Today ordering because this is today was the order day for Thanksgiving. So. That curating the beer selection is a fancy way of saying that today I got to try and figure out what everyone's problematic relatives are going to drink on Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah. Okay, can you give us just a brief synopsis of the answer to that? You can't leave us hanging of like um, what is so, the problematic fave of our problematic. Well, so it really depends on on who who the person is, right? Like, but I have had I had people come in who are like, okay, well. I'm going to Asheville, North Carolina for a family Thanksgiving, and I need to bring uh, brown ales from Ohio because Asheville, if you don't know, is like a beer capital. Mm-hmm. Uh, New New Belgium and Sierra Nevada both have yep. breweries there, yep. not to mention like 17 local places. So like, I had to point out the three brown ales that are made by Ohio breweries and go, uh, yep, you can take uh, that one. That one's from Jackie O's. That one's from Mad Tree. And there's also, uh, I can't remember what the other one would have been, but yeah. So, or this one from Seven Sun there, there are the three breweries. So I had to, I, I got to like point those out. And then I also got to order uh, 20, 12 packs of Miller Lite and 12 suitcases of the same. Like Fuck yeah. it, it's Fuck all over, it, right? it, it's all over the place. Like I need to know who's going to drink the little the little king's cream ale, and I need to know who's going to be going to buy a bomber of, you know, the barrel aged imperial stout with cocoa nibs, vanilla, and hazelnut dust. It's me. I'm buying that. That's Fuck. that's me. What was it called? The Little King's Pib? What was it? Uh, a, a, a Little King's Cream Ale. It's a, oh. <laughs> it's a throwback from the time of Genesee and like the, the cream ales in like the, the late 70s that everyone used to drink. Now, real we quick, I want to ask, are, are you also a beer drinker? Because I have a follow up question if you are. I am. Yes. Okay. Have you ever had uh, where I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to beer. I'm going to beer nerd out. And then I'm going to say what's getting me excited this week. I got a beer this week that I'm like so excited to try for Thanksgiving. It is one of my favorite beers. It's actually the beer that made me realize I could like beer, which is uh, Duchess de Boiron uh, Belgian Sour. 
Uh, that, they made, it, that is your favorite, isn't it? That's like the number. That's the one that got you into beer. That's the one that got me into beer. Was that the, the Duchess the, is good? Duchess is really good. And I found it. I, they, they've apparently made a cherry version, du- uh, Duchess de Cherry, and I'm very excited to try it. I have not tried it, but I uh, sold a bottle of it today, and we have another one on the shelf at work. I would recommend Fuck. it. I think if you like sours, I I, rec- I can't recommend it. Enough. I d- I do very much. Um, we've got a lot of really good barrel sour places in in Columbus too, or in Ohio in general. So, plus you get the added bonus <clears throat> of um, if you ever need names, if you know the names of enough beer and spirits, they are the most fantasy ass names in the world. Like I've said in an episode, 100%. like take any name of a Scotch and like that is like a high fantasy ass elf or like dwarf name. Dalmore Aberfeldy at your service. There you go. <laughs> Thank you. Um, now, Jeff, what is getting you hyped up this week? Is it the Duchess? It's a, it is the Duchess, but what's getting me hyped up this week is uh, I watched a movie this week. Um, I'm not going to do the bit again where I pause, but know that we've, we've had an earlier recording where that was a whole bit. But anyway. Yeah, I welcome to movie. round two. All round my fantasy two. children, Electric <laughs> Boogaloo. Aaron <laughs> fucked up all the audio. So um, <laughs> I watched a movie. Uh, I showed Jen a movie this week. Uh, Jen, my wife, my producer on Party of One. We, I showed her a movie she had never seen that like I loved 10, 15 years ago when it came out. And I, I showed it to her. And I got to have the experience of like, watching a movie again after many years and discovering that it holds up and has actually aged kind of better than you remember. It was a wonderful experience that has me jazzed to like make stuff. I fuck with this. Uh, I love that. The movie, the movie was uh walk hard. The, the Dewey Cox story starring John yeah. C. Riley. Has yeah, that yeah. held up? It really, really has. It's very, very clear. Like watching it now, I, I watched a lot of it and went, Wow, I can't believe like I can't believe that they're pulling off like this. Like, there's just there's a, there's so much happening in it, and like yeah. the music still shreds. John C. Riley is an inqu- is somehow both an incredible singer and also a really good like silly shitty joke comedy like guy. <laughs> For, there's no other way to really put it. Like he's very yeah, no. good at like low brow jokes and also beautiful musical theater. And it's just it's yeah. this weird perfect movie that like could not exist without him and he makes it so precious of a film i love that aaron what's getting you hyped up this week mine is super simple uh today i was not uh i've had to, uh, this is my what day is it sunday sunday i have a sunday off and a saturday off it's lit um and i found out that i have i've been getting carpal tunnel i can't i have wrist i've broken both wrists twice and like holding a mouse has always caused me discomfort after a certain amount of time so, playing my new MMO, Final Fantasy XIV, if you're on Excalibur server, come find President Laguna, and we'll hang out. Um, but I, I bought an ergonomic mouse, blah, 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 still having wrist pain, and I realized that you can play Final Fantasy XIV on, like, a fucking Xbox controller. And so, like, goodbye pain, goodbye suffering. And, like, you know how happy that makes me? That's very Editing good. Editing an episode, That's like, I have wonderful. to only do, like, two hours at a time because, like, my wrist will just be like, oh, ho, ho, did you want to feel the tingles? So, like, it, th- this is, like, so freeing because I was worried that I was going to have to uninstall just because of discomfort. And now I am free to be the gunbreaker I've always dreamed of. That's very good. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's wonderful. Fucking hand hurts. Um, But let's dive and I'm fucking jazzed. I'm ready to learn how uh, Tracy does their thing. You know, I'm ready to get in Let's this. get in it. Let's get in it. So the prompt this week comes to us from friend of the show, Alice Kira, at Magical Girl Kira. And the prompt is, Duchess Cressida, 
plum tree. Okay. It's very good. So let's yeah. start out just throwing out let's let's start out the way we we often do and just kind of throw out like some things that immediately come to mind and kind of start building out the scene of what's happening at this moment. Because if any, like, and then, then, then I've got uh, central casting here in front of me also if we want to roll some tables. But, like, one thing that I immediately want to throw out to the both of you. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. and there's some follow-up questions to come from this. Um, because Aaron used a particular phrase that I, I really, like, kind of hooked to. I want to propose that the Duchess is building a ship in a bottle at this, like, oh. at our moment. That, I want to propose that that yeah. is a thing that's happening. That's great. Uh, so the the thing, sort of like the the founding principle of how the another blank page sort of style of doing this works is it's all about context, mm-hmm. right? And just that description alone tells us so much about who this person could be. So yeah, mm-hmm. that's I'm Aaron. If you're cool with that, that's a great starting point for me. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's a very so what that initially gives me, my initial, my image that that evokes, first of all, I'm looking at the Webster's Merriam-Webster definition of duchess, and definition two is a woman who holds the rank of duke in her own right, which is like the highest, like, inherited title you can get, I think, or something, whatever. It's like, you know, like a, a noble mm-hmm. a duchess. Um, we can take that as we will, but I it, it gives me an image of someone with leisure time with um, who is like sitting by a fire building a ship in a bottle Mm -hmm. like this that image of luxury of don't have shit to do i'm gonna do something relaxing something there's like a craft there's an elegance to it and a craft to it that makes me think this is not their first time at the rodeo building a ship in a bottle there's also a sense of history to it that immediately jumps out at me why is that wait because the idea of like building a ship right like you're being you're building it, – it's, it's like a commemorative thing, right? It's a model. It is a, a recreation mm. of something. That's a good note. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, and if, if this is not her first time at, you know, at doing this, I feel like if we – if the camera started off with, you know, uh, focused on the bottle and her hands with, with, you know, a little whatever tool like long tweezers or whatever while she's like putting a piece of rigging up or what have you – uh, and it's sort of frozen, and we get just like the image of firelight reflecting off the bottle. If we swing it up to the mantle above this fireplace, I think there are other other ships and other bottles uh, mm. sitting up there. Oh, I love that. Yeah, we get this immediate moment where you can tell just from looking around the scene that she has done this before. Uh, and, and Jeff, I have a question for you. Yeah. You said this evokes a sense of, of, of history, so our all of these ships from a particular like country's naval line are they of a, a certain style did they all take place in a specific battle like how are, how is history being told through just the ships that we see mm. i think the ships that we see i think that what makes these interesting ships in bottles i think we we pan over them and we see that they are all what's interesting about them or what 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 the visual that jumps out to me is these are all perfect recreations of damaged ships. I don't know oh. if necessarily they're in the same battle, but these are recreations of ships that that were in combat and were and like are depicted perhaps mid combat, right? Like like one of them has a big hole in the side, like a very obvious and then like lovingly recreated like cannonball hole in the side. One of them it looks almost like 
it at first glance it looks like perhaps the the sh- the bottle just shook and one of the, the the riggings fell over the masts fell over but like upon a closer look you can tell like there's clearly etched crack marks like it clearly is not that the mast fell over from poor craftsmanship it's clearly this was a recreation of a ship with a broken mast i can, may i make a pitch because please, that please so um the initial thing that i think about this that that gives me the idea that this this duchess the the duchess cressida plum tree is designing these ships and bottles, and you said they're all damaged. And it makes me think of something that's like a little macabre and historical. Mm-hmm. Perhaps they are models of shipwrecks that okay. she has caused as like a traditional siren. Oh, that's okay. my first thought. That's just my first thought. If we can, we can chuck it. My my thought is that this person is like we 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 catch we basically catch her in the act of like you know, recreating one of her finest accomplishments of sinking a vessel, you know, of this one had, uh, this one I dragged over the rocks, this one was grabbed by an octopus, this one was dragged over coral, I don't know, I saw something of like, because when you're recreating something that's like damaged, because I think of the people who like make old, uh, you know, like model, like actual model ships, and it's like, this was an old British sailing vessel, blah, 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 blah. The context of those things often carries a certain weight, so to make them destroyed would make even more context in my head of like, well, why is she choosing to make them destroyed? Is it something that she's celebrating or she's proud of, or is it commemorating something? You know, what do you think of that? Is this something you want to chuck out and take a tiny piece from, or just moving on? (laughs) Uh, No, 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 definitely not moving on. I'm I'm letting it sort of... And that's, again, just sort of, we very rarely on another blank page, like, outhandedly will push away an idea. Uh, mm-hmm. We'll often push back a little bit and revise it somewhat. Yeah. So in the vein of uh, of Jeff's Why Can't It Be Both uh, mm-hmm. ethos, which I have lifted whole cloth for, for another blank page, uh, we, we said that as a duchess, she has some rank of some kind. And I yeah. almost got – the idea of her being actual nobility didn't really stir much in me. But I got the idea of her being a, a woman of of influence. I almost got the idea of her being being like a madam in a brothel okay. Okay. Sort, of, sort, of, sort of vibe. So take that and put it next to the idea of her being a siren. And in my mind, you have this woman – who has a tavern somewhere on a coast, you know, maybe uh, I, I, where in fantasy would be a good coastal region for there to be a tavern. I, I have an immediate, very <laughs> heady pitch that takes both of those ideas. Th- this is great. Let's, let's roll it all together. Why not? Why not? Why not all three? Por que no los tres? So <laughs> run with me here. I'm ready. I'm at the starting line. I'm, I got my sneakers on or my tennis shoes. Yeah, I stretched. I'm ready to go. Yeah. Ghost pirates. Yeah! (laughs) All right. (laughs) This is totally (laughs) that meme that someone made of the picture of me with a butterfly. Is this a god? We're like, it's the smallest detail. We're like, what if it's a siren? What if it's ghost pirates? What do you say, ghost pirates? (laughs) So here's so so let me give give a little bit of context to that, but not much. (laughs) God damn it. Because so what what because there's a lot to both of those ideas that I love, mm-hmm. and there's this idea of 
if she is like owning a tavern and commemorating shipwrecks and is this person that is specifically tied to not the history of the ship, not the history of what the ship accomplished, but that it is a ship that is wrecked. This idea and this idea of a siren celebrating death and celebrating the morbidity and the idea of this brothel tavern owner being this person of like commemorating all of the people that have passed through here. The vibe that I get is that she is essentially some manner of ghostly uh, welcomer or perhaps like um, the bar on the, the bar on the way to, to what comes next. Like if you are a pirate oh, crew yeah. that has like shipwrecked. You know, and, and and you are you are you are the restless you are the restless dead. She is the person you you know. You come to her tavern and you tell her your story, and and so perhaps as as we are watching her build this ship, we kind of pan around a little further, and there is a crew of skeleton pirates, like telling the story of oh we were shot by cannons. You know, Goldbeard Goldbeard and his army were descended up, and they're they're weaving this story, and she's very quietly. I took off my glasses specifically so that I could get the visual just right of the glasses right on the tip of the nose. And it's just tweezing and it's like, yes, yes, you were, you were, you were, you were beset on all sides. Of course, of course, of course. Mm. She's the, she's the secretary from Beetlejuice, except without the throat cut and the smoke coming out, she's just making a ship in the bottle of this crew that has drowned and died and through the building of the ship and them telling their story, she's going to direct them to where they need to go in the afterlife. Yeah. Oh, and also, therefore, their nautical history, like their their life is there before preserved. Yeah. Because if you think of like pirate vessels and stuff, you find a shipwreck and you're like, I wonder what happened. Like, would you ever know that like what actually happened? But with Duchess Crested a Plum Tree, like documenting and cre- recreating your vessel and your story of your, you know, unfortunate incident, your debt, your untimely crew's death, your shipwreck, you know, you are preserved. You live on in some sort of pirate Valhalla space of like a hall of de- the dead. You know what I mean? Uh, this is great. Is sh- is she a fantasy necromancer? I was literally about to throw that out and I'm glad that we're on the same, that we're on the same wavelength here, Tracy. <laughs> like, it, it, does she just summon forth, if I'm remembering how fantasy necromancers work properly, she summons forth almost the the idea of this crew to yeah. get specificity, yeah. but her will, her own will shapes it to a degree because it's not the actual dead. It's her it's their, perception it's, of the dead. Yes. And yes. so it is, she is, first off, excellent summation of how this yeah, of how that like, works. I, I can almost come to fucking tears. I'm like, you know how they work? Oh my God. <laughs> that's so fucking I, I, dope. I love your show. What? It's, Ugh, yeah. That's, so. Fuck. But yes, and so what I'm picturing is, unlike, say, uh, pulling from other other episodes where we talk about this, both as a reference point to listeners and as a bouncing off point for, like, what I'm, what, what the vibe that I get looking at this picture, right? Mm-hmm. Somebody like a, um, oh god, now I've forgotten the character's name. Aaron. Oh, uh, uh, oh, um, the fucking one everybody likes, Catch Cavalier. Catch Cavalier, thank you. Uh, <laughs> un- unlike, say, a... <laughs> See, I like that Tracy perfectly sums up a piece of lore, and I'm like, character's name? Duh, nothing. <laughs> Roy- is that the Butterman? Or is that the Butternut? I don't fuck. Roy Jim Bob. Uh. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, Roy Jim Bob was one of the episodes we had to delete. <laughs> kidding. So, unlike, say, a Catch Cavalier, who is, like, actively, like, putting in this effort, 
I almost feel like this is very appropriate if she is taking this sort of passive role. And, like, the dead are merely kind of, or present, and it's perhaps influenced on a subconscious level by her, by her, but, like, it's very much she just, like, operates this bar and turns around, right? Like, we, we flash back a few minutes, and she's, like, cleaning glasses, and she steps out from where, from, like, the wine cellar, she steps, she walks up the stairs from the wine cellar, the camera follows her, and there's just ghost pirates in the bar. They're just they're there they're there mm-hmm. to greet her and they're like they're like a round of mead for everyone. The, this is the siren bit. She yes. doesn't cause the shipwrecks. The shipwrecks just happen wherever wherever the fuck in the world, I think. But she's a siren because these spirits just get called to her because something about the the restlessness or the forgettableness of a of a, a pirate ship wrecked out at sea wherever like makes them want to be remembered. And I she's, that. she's the one who remembers. What that says to me is that there's this element of legend to it, right? Like, mm-hmm. perhaps, again, like, thinking of this, this, the whole visual of this moment, from the pirate crew's perspective, you know, they come in, you've heard stories of, you've heard stories on, of the, of the, the watering hole on the edge of oblivion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you've heard stories about this, and you hear that, and it's perhaps almost like a comforting tale, right? It's this. It's this story of, oh, it's this yes. story of like hey, you'll be remembered. Yeah. Yes. Hey, it, we we set out. We set out to do this dangerous thing, right? Like whether we're exploring, oh plundering, whether whatever we're doing on the water, it is a dangerous business. But should the worst happen, we know that we will be called somewhere where someone will tell our story and we will be remembered. Jeff, that's so brilliant. Yeah. Um. It, it it gives me like that you like you said it's this comforting tale and how like seafarers accept the fact that there may be consequences on the water you know you may be set upon by a sea monster there may be conflict there may be a mutiny you might just die of old age but you know that if you die at sea you may you will wash up on this shore you'll be called to perhaps there's a piano playing mm-hmm. you know only the mm-hmm. dead can hear her player piano that sits in her bar, in her, you know, her little building by the sea. And if you hear the piano music, swim toward it, and you'll eventually hit the coastline. Walk into the bar, tell her your story, and you will be immortal. Like, you will be immortalized. Our vessel, like, I can, I, like, when you were saying that, I imagined these, this crew, like, standing on the dock, looking at their ship, and, like, that's, that's the golden cradle, our ship today, uh, folks. And, you know, like say, saying, and if something were to happen to us, fear not, for the golden cradle will be remembered forever by the great duchess, you know, the duchess mm-hmm. of the sea. And, you know, that's what everybody's like, yeah! And then, like, that's their version of, like, hitting the ship with champagne. Yeah. Where it's like, maybe they sing a song to the duchess, or they ask the duchess to remember them. Like, may she, may she carve our likeness well. You know what I mean? Like something like that, Mm -hmm. because everybody would want her to interpret it correctly. If like Tracy said, she's a necromancer. It's like playing telephone. Mm -hmm. So it's like, may she carve our likeness in, you know, for all eternity. Aaron, I've got goosebumps. That that whole <laughs> piano thing, like that. No, that, seriously, that that hear the song and 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 swim towards it. Mm. Like that's. I mean, it's that's beautiful. some. 
But you said siren. Like you're the yeah. clever one who was like, she's like a siren. And it, it, it like if we're gonna play this image of the siren calls to you, it calls to the dead. We're we're bringing this kind of comforting, gentle, like you know, if you're dead, you're kind of sad, you're bummed. No one's like, oh lit, I'm a dead pirate ghost. <laughs> I'm a pirate ghost. Oh fuck yeah. <laughs> no, and it, because there's an element of like, and after she makes your ship, like that's it. You know, you're mm-hmm. done. Can I throw out two pitches related to that? Um, Please. No. Um, okay. All right, then. Okay. The veto. That's fine. <laughs> All right. I'm leaving this call. All right. I think we can just end on what I said. Okay. Great. <laughs> uh, so, so Aaron, uh, it seems like you have an opening in All My Fantasy Children now. Yeah. yeah. No. Welcome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a special announcement. We're having an open call. The pay is an exposure. I, I, uh, now, see, here's what's great about this, Tracy, is that Aaron... As in, <laughs> took your response of there's an opening and then issued an open call. Yeah, I, <laughs> di- didn't, didn't just slot my ass in there. It's, no, it's no, hard Aaron, there. Aaron's so much of an actor that there has to be a fucking audition. You know, <laughs> nothing comes free in this fantasy world. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. Okay. All right. Sorry. Please give me your two pitches. Oh man. <laughs> the shade of it all. It's good. It's very good. Okay, so the two pitches, one of them, we get this visual, right? Like, she's, 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 maybe she's pouring herself a little wine, she sniffs it, and she, like, she gives it a sniff, she gives it a sip, she's like, that's really good, that's aging really, really nicely. And then she hears the piano upstairs. Yes. And so Mm. for her, she's like, oh, I guess I've got company. And that's when we follow her upstairs, and there's this rat, and, like, there's this group of obviously ghost pirates, and she's like... Oh, everyone first drinks on the house, second and third drink are, well, they ain't exactly cheap, but we'll get there when we get there. Mm. And the other thing that I wanted to throw out, that was that was pitch one. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other pitch that I wanted to throw out was tying into the, to the idea of a Shipley christening. There's this just m- very small detail because she's Duchess Cressida Plumtree. I, I love the, the visual that taking the idea of, of a ship christening with a bottle of champagne... Perhaps they pour a small bottle of plum wine, like, across the bow mm-hmm. of the ship. Oh. And because, like, her yeah. family comes from a line of... And so she's, like, she she serves you very craft plum wine that is her family's kind of trade and, and like, export or, or family art, so to speak. Yeah, of course. Cool. Uh, so to to dial back into the, the actual moment yeah. here for just, for just a minute. Yeah, please. Um, you mentioned the, the plum wine uh, that she serves... And the piano that's in her room, uh, if we turn the camera away from uh, the ghost pirates and from the the ship in the bottle and the fireplace with the mantle with the ships on, other ships and bottles on top of it, what else of note do we see in this room? What, what else is sitting there that tells us more about who the Duchess is on her own? I get from this conversation that she kind of like th- th- this is kind of what she feels is like a duty or a responsibility. So okay. I get this image of like a very simple life, like a house by the shore. She has like a small, I'm seeing like a small case of wine that's like, you know, tilted the right direction so that they all, you know, or barrels or casks or whatever is more fantasy. But like just this kind of image of like a very humble wine rack. Because this is just her life. I think she feels that this is her responsibility 
because it makes me it, it makes me think of it's such a gentle loving act to do this to give these pirates these people who go on the sea and they do bad deeds they do this either way they're dead and she's like well it's important that people know you know that people are out there doing this kind of stuff or whatever her reason is for doing this mm-hmm. i kind of see it as like she's just dedicated her life to this and she lives this very solitary existence maybe so i see uh, a very humble rack of wine that's labelless. it's her family's you know it's her family craft it's her family's lineage you know and she there's just dates there's a piece of tape on each bottle with a date on it and that's it nice mm. what what do you see jeff so what I see, like, there's a there's a, que- a lingering kind of question that kind of informs what I see, which is why the specificity of it? And so mm-hmm. I think what I see is, like, behind the bar, there is a gnarly looking, like a big, ugly, burnt on the edges, pockmarks taken out of it, blunderbuss. Like oh. a big old honking pirate gun is just like sitting on like on the back mantle, surrounded by these ships, right? Like, like, and it is a gun that has seen some shit. And oh, there's mm-hmm. this element of because for me, like, what I see it is very is why pirates, right? Like, why is she so specifically interested in cataloging the lives of pirates? And what jumps out to me is, you know, she her family has this plum wine, right? She is of the the family plum tree. Mm-hmm. But that's not to say that she has been a plum farmer whole, whole life. She owns a pirate bar. So mm. I see this big honking pirate gun that, like, just sits there, right? It hasn't been used in 25 years, 30 years, you know, it hasn't been used in a generation. But it sits there, and as she is... Putting my putting my glasses back on the tip of the nose, as she's working, and she's like, "Yes, yes, gold beard." And she kind of just glances up at it, all, like it's almost like we see her glance up at it at the moment that the story starts to become boring to her, as mm-hmm. if to remind her, like, "Oh, yeah, that's what that like." Oh yeah, I do remember what that was like once, and like it comes back to her, and so she has this big giant gun that is this reminder of like a lifelong past. Mm-hmm. Tracy, can I ask you a question? Please. What was her life like when the blunderbuss was, for lack of a better term, like relevant? When there were living patrons, I guess, in this bar, are there still living patrons that frequent it? Uh, I, I think there there definitely are. I don't think there are any in there tonight. I think that this is one of those. Uh, maybe it's just a weeknight. It's after the typical closing time. You know, <laughs> I love the, that. The 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 last local. Uh, drunk who always has the same seat at the bar and gets cut off after seven drinks has already stumbled back uh, back to their home. And I think she was having a, a glass before bed when the piano started playing. And I was actually, I was going to go down this route that you asked, Aaron, so I'm really glad you asked the question. I think that the, because I like to answer questions like this with just more context of the moment. So yeah. if the, yeah. if we pan the camera down, into the cellar of this place. I think down there we see uh, even more wine racks. We see even more casks. You know the the trappings of 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 a bar. Um, probably a lot like the uh, very scary places that you have to go in in bars in New York, where the buildings <laughs> are so old that oh my god, I can't even believe that you're allowed to walk down here. But I think it's clean and dry, and often one corner uh, opposite 
where most of the light would touch, there is uh, a chest. And because we are omniscient narrators, we can zoom inside this chest and we can see the trappings of that life. We see a pair of flintlock pistols that are crossed over each other in a leather case. We see uh, the clothes that she used to wear, uh, you know, the, the leather breeches and the, the flowing shirts. And we see uh, a hat with a, a big jaunty feather uh, tucked, tucked next to it. And down below that, all the way at the bottom, I think there's a journal. Battered. Uh, it's been scorched. It has blood marks on it. It has obviously seen some wear and seen some time. And I think that if we x-ray into these pages, we see a history of kills. Mm. I think she, I think she was a pirate. Maybe it's oh. a dread, Pi- maybe it's a dread pirate Robert situation where she held the mantle of Goldbeard for mm. a while. I don't oh. really know, but she used to be a pirate and it's not an evil thing. I think it's more of an, uh, an amoral thing. You're on the sea, you plunder, you you live this life. And I think at a certain point in time, like the last entry, she's writing all this stuff and she she has an entry that says something like I have this I have this log. I know that these things happened. Who else is going to remember them? And then just like dot 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 below that. I love that so much. I think that's the last entry and as she is upstairs building this wrecked ship for this ghost crew and she gets bored and she looks back up at the blunderbuss. She remembers the why she remembers mm-hmm. that no one else is going to remember this stuff because so many people that she knew that she was responsible for died ignominious forgotten deaths. Mm-hmm. And she got tired of their stories not being told. So she learned how to be a necromancer. Mm-hmm. Like she learned how to be, the siren at at this bar on the edge of a coast in a forgotten corner of fantasy where there's a small town and she can do the plum wine thing and she can be the Duchess Cressida plum tree and she can make sure that no one forgets again. Mm-hmm. Can I add on to that? Because it's fucking goosebumps. That's brilliant. Um, you said that um, <clears throat> like no one's going to remember these things unless mm-hmm. I do this. It makes me think that like when she was a pirate, there's kind of like a, a an understood pirate. You know, every fiction has a pirate code. Maybe it's like that there's no written narrative of the things you do. Mm-hmm. You don't keep a log of things. It's all oral tradition and or oral and oral, whatever. And, yeah. you know, it's all passed down. It's all. But she kept this journal of her kills and her plunder and her looting. And then she realized, like, I'm breaking the pirate code. But if I don't do this, these people will be lost. You know, how many lives have Mm -hmm. I taken, have Mm -hmm. my friends taken that have been forgotten and lost to history? And it makes me think that this, this, she moved to this edge of town and perhaps the song that plays on the piano is like the pirate song. Mm. That like, you know, Mm -hmm. perhaps it's like, you know, like the Thieves Guild type thing in typical fantasy where there's like pirate code. There's pirate, you know, even if they are at odds with each other, it's like a, you know, it's a it's almost like a profession where like there's this almost like insular community and there's a song perhaps or like a tune and the or okay I can I can put a twist on this. I hope you don't mind if I talk this much. No. No. So the piano. Actually, I do, Aaron. I'm. You're done. 
Dang. I will, uh, got it. Dang Closure. It. Dang. Got me. Full circle. So if, if we're saying that there's a pirate code, and there's a pirate this and that, blah, 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 blah. Every ship, like we said, that's like, may, may the Duchess, like, you know, carve our ship for all eternity, but ever, you know, smear the plum wine on the ship of the bow. Every crew, every pirate vessel, we say there's a bard on every ship, keeps the sea monsters away. Every crew has, like, their team song. It's basically like their fight song at, like, a school. Mm-hmm. And when the ship, of course, it's an enchanted player piano. And when a ship crashes, when there's a group of pirates who are lost at sea by her little town, or when the, when the siren is calling you home, you know because you'll hear your ship's sea mm. shanty. Mm. You'll hear your song playing, and you'll know that's what's calling you, and you swim toward it. And that's what she calls to them. Like, the piano, the piano is almost, like, intelligent in that way, mm-hmm. where, like, it reacts to the death and then starts playing that ship's song, and that's how you know to swim to it. I was sitting over here just pumping my fists in excitement <laughs> when you were saying that because, well, it's I think about like, do you remember seeing the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie when it came out? Uh, like yes, the, the Disney, the Johnny Depp, that one. little that indie film. Yeah, it's like Donnie Darko's like prequel. And and forget <laughs> about the 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 bullshit money grabs that followed it. There was a magic to that film. Oh, for sure. For me. Oh, absolutely. Right? Like when. When they did the special effects where walking in and out of the moonlight, they were a skeleton, then they weren't, mm-hmm. right? Like it was it was really well done in a lot of ways. And I imagine with that same kind of um mystery, that same air of, of enchantment, she's downstairs and she hears the piano begin to playing, and then this ghostly chorus is singing their ship's song, and they walk into the bar. In unison, right? Singing oh, yeah. as one, like the last time that their crew gets to sing this song. Oof. And that's the moment at which she sits them down, buys their first round, and begins constructing the ship. Beautiful. It's very beautiful. It, it's something sad that I've always thought about pirates in fiction, um, is that there is this um, camaraderie forged by desperation, where like mm-hmm. no one joins a pirate crew because it's like dope. You do it because, like, you're broke and, like, you got to be a cutthroat and, like, you know, you have this squad and you rely on them for everything, for your survival. And so if we have a character who's, like, preserving that memory, it's someone who's, like, I want to give them, like, one last ride. It's so sympathetic to their plight of, like, the pirate who often taught, like, if you're lost at sea in this desperate life that you live with your companions, she's giving you, like, one last toast one last song with your crew. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And she's preserving who you are because she feels for you. You know, she yeah. knows that that could have been her and no one would have known her tale. So she's telling it for them. I love Not it. Not one bit. Can, so I want to throw out one note and then I want to roll out. I want to do, I want to do some traditional rolling on of tables. Can't sure. wait for her to get ruined. Uh, actually, I was going to throw out one quick note uh, to finally give sort of the, 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 the powers that be that oversee this podcast, what they finally wanted for a hundred plus episodes. I think that yeah. we see, I think as we, as we pull out of that chest, right? The uh-huh. last thing that we see in sort of stuck in between the pages of this journal are just love letters from people of all genders, backgrounds, places like all over the world. I do. I, I get the vibe that no matter what she in fact is, Aaron, a, a sucker, sucker for pretty a pretty face. face. <laughs> Hell Yes. <laughs> All right. Now let's roll on. Now let me pull up some tables and we'll roll on them real quick. Let's get it. Uh, I love this story, by the way. That's a good story. I have to say, Tracy, you were very good at um, evo- like creating very vivid images. It, it makes well, this thank like, you. easy. 
You know what I mean? It really does. It makes this easy yeah. because you're like, we pan out and we see this. Because it's like, you're just telling me what I see. And you're so good at painting this picture that it makes it so much easier. Thank you. That, that's Spirit it, medium is pretty good. <laughs> uh, that, Kate and I both do that pretty well, which is why the podcast functions. Mm-hmm. Because we both can communicate in that way. So I'm, I'm really glad that it, uh, that it translates. Oh, my God. It's fantastic. What do you see, Jeff? I, I opened one. I opened one that I I thought might be trouble, and really, like, I'm just gonna go ahead and close that out. I don't think we're gonna use the barmaid background. I think that one was just oh a mistake God. to open. I think, hey, Jeff, we've got how sp- horny is it? <laughs> Literally, the first result on personality trait is a, lo- a little flirting goes a long way, and I have not <laughs> even scrolled past item one of personality trait. <laughs> All right, y'all. We've got the spirit medium. <laughs> okay. You say spirit medium? Spirit medium. Oh, dope. Oh, oh shit. I just realized something. I have in my dice bag. Oh, my God. I hear I, dice. At, a, at a, a garage sale, I found a set of Pirates of the Caribbean Liars dice. <gasps> what? For like two bucks at a garage sale where the one is a skull and crossbones. Love it. Oh. You know you're rolling today. Okay, I, I bought them because they make great dice for Fiasco because they're yep because they're great. Um, but I just remembered I had these and it seemed perfect. So I have I have a D6, Aaron. I would love to share this honor with you. If you roll the D8, we'll have Tracy roll the D6s. Oh, absolutely. Let's fucking go. Okay, yes. Aaron, give me a D8 for personality trait. Hold on, you know I have to find it. Oh, there it is. <laughs> I am rolling in the custom dice box made by uh, Stellar Empress. Go to Stellar Empress Twitter at Stellar Empress and buy your own custom wooden box. They're beautiful dice boxes. And I'm going to try to make that good ricochet sound. There we go. Four. I often philosophize about the nature of life and death to anyone who will listen. Mm. I, I've just thrown my hands up because that's perfect. It's pretty it perfect. Is. Loves to talk about like the understands life and death and the, the fragility of life. And, like, will gladly, like, tell anyone. Like, you know how if you get, to, like, you're a local at your bar, and, mm-hmm. like, the bartender will start to strike up a conversation once they get to know you, or, like, once you've been in yep. there enough, or even to anyone. It's just, like, have you ever stood on the edge of a knife? That's what <laughs> life is, <laughs> stranger. And you're like, oh, fuck, Jesus Christ. So, wait, I just, I just waded into something real deep, and I'm going to need another drink right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're just, like, casually sipping a Dutch, uh, of there, course, there of course. Is. Her brand of alcohol is called the Duchess. Oh, for sure. Oh, just for that, you, Jeff. One hundred percent. Leave it all back. Tracy, would you give me a D six for an ideal? One hundred percent. Yes, it sounds so good. Pirate die says four. Four order. My job is to keep a cosmic peace and resolve supernatural dangers. Oh, that's interesting. Is, yeah. What's the danger? I wonder if in fantasy, if I can get canonical for a yeah, second. Please. Well, I wonder. Yeah. I wonder if uh, if pirate crews are not put to rest in this way, that oh. they just begin herring across the seas. I love that. And and Ooh. our ghost pirate crews that everyone has to be fucking wary of. I love oh. that. That's just that's just. And it, I like that it's because it's it ties into that idea of ghosts in all my fantasy children, where it's not you. It is sort of the impact that you have made on the world. So it's this idea yeah. of like if your business if your business on the water is not laid to rest. Then all, then, then all anyone, and it kind of, right, it all kind of clicks together for me. I'm going a mile a minute now, and I'm excited, because it kind of clicks together where the last anyone will say of you, the last impact you have made on the world is you're out, you're out on the water doing who knows what, which means that 
through the, the collective will of people. If your story is not put to rest, then you you might just be a horrifying ghost on the water. Mm-hmm. Especially if, you're, if your impact to the world was, like, inciting chaos and, like, you know, very good. looting, you're going to leave behind this, like, fiend of, you know, pain and misery and, like, freaking, like, terrifying people. And you're going to be a scary traditional pirate ghost. And she yeah. has to, like, stop that. The more she does this and kind of releases them of, like, you know, gives them this one last shanty, the less ghost pirates will be on the water. Fuck, we now have oceans filled with ghosts. Uh, I, I want to I add one tiny Please. little detail. Add as I, many as you want. I think on her mantle, there's at least one airship. Oh. Love it. Love it. Oh. Because, because her song, I, I'm, airships and airship crews, because I'm thinking of Dragon now, uh-huh. right? Yeah. Um, I don't think they have the same necessary sense of camaraderie that pirate crews have. I don't think there's, there's that sense of desperation. But there was one. Yeah. That was piratical enough that had Ooh. enough inherent uh, f- individual figures of chaos bound by the order of collective will that they had all the trappings of a pirate crew, but in the air. And there was just this one night when the wind was blowing by her bar real hard mm-hmm. and the music from the piano was was very strange like nothing that not sea shanty by any means and this crew showed up dressed like airship Mm -hmm. you know pilots and 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 personnel and she was like well that's a new one yep (laughs) and had and like went, went and got a bigger bottle love that I love that she's, like, kind of this, like, sway station, this halfway yeah. point between life and death with, like, if you have a crew on a vessel of any kind, you know, and you might pass through. What's the name of her bar, y'all? We've been fucking up. We've been so excited. Um, we haven't Je- named Jeff, this thing. Jeff called it the, the Edge of Oblivion, right? Ah! I called it the Edge of Oblivion. I also, I was going to say, I think it's just the way station. Oh, ah! These are so fucking good. But, hey. Let's do the thing. Why not both? It's the both. The way station at the edge of oblivion. Perfect. Oh. And, the lo- and the locals just call it the way station. Yep. God. Ugh. It's on this this little, like, peninsula, inlet-y thing where, like, you know, it's so – it's annoying to get to. We kept saying locals are there. And it's, like, this region that's, like, remote and rural by the water and, like, just small fishing town. Like, you know, really coastal chill Blue collar, and there's this local ass bar run by the Duchess Cressida Plum Tree. Oh my God! And it's called the Way Station at the Edge of Oblivion. Jesus Christ, that's so good. God. <laughs> All right, Tracy, can you can you give me a D six for a bond? And I will say, there's the uh, the the one kind of horny option is in this one there's a there's a horny option here and then there's a there's a really fucks up the story we're telling option in in the next one so you okay. have a one to six chance give us that D6. all right i, I will I, I will also say i am 100 percent for the duchess crested plum tree getting hers so oh, for sure pirate die says six six seance is the only way i can speak with my loved ones Ooh. oh I, I i have i have something fuck yes um, deep in that basement, next to that chest, like on 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 a shelf above it, there is a, a small bottle that no one gets to see. And we pan up to it, but we don't get a good look at it because it would be disrespectful for us as the narrators to look at it. But it is it is Hell her. Yes. We've said she was a pirate. We've said she has that camaraderie. There is a ship that I do not really want to look at because I and I don't want to know the story because it is for her and her alone. Mm-hmm. But there is a ship there that is gone now 
and that there was time spent making it and that's my that's my detail i love the uh holding back of information um that happened to us in our pilot of another blank page uh and it's so wonderful that there's a thing that even the omniscient either cannot see or or chooses out of respect for their own creation to not see that gives me a deep satisfaction love it tracy give me a d6 for a flaw and no there's a one in six chance that this gets really really ridiculous pirate dice is five okay i want you to know (laughs) one was i don't actually believe in ghosts (laughs) <laughs> which would have ta- taken the story in a direction <laughs> could you oh. imagine Alex oh, believe that- it is bullshit I'm just talking <laughs> just running the scam gotta get paid well she, well, she would have known that necromancers don't actually talk to ghosts that they talk That's, to impressions yep. oh see now I'm now, I, now, now I'm just oh. like fuck I'm done like you, oh. you clearly are operating on a level that I can't comprehend oh of. there is that awful sadness to this you're right Tracy where it's like we, we said if necromancers are essentially like you know recording uh, like they're like stenographers uh-huh. you know she knows that this is just a projection this is it's it's a really it's it's a magically enhanced projection. It's a really good projection. Mm-hmm. It keeps bad energies off of the seas because yeah. she's she's obviously channeling something, some some element of of order or sorry of of because chaos is the well the good force in fantasy, right? Mm-hmm. For lack of a better god damn, so, you're good. Mm-hmm. She's channeling chaos in a positive way by doing this, mm-hmm. but she still knows it's not the actual people. It's damn. It's still her filtering of 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 who these crews were, but that wasn't even what we rolled. What we rolled? No. <laughs> Did you say I'm four? Or, four or five? Five. Five. Good. Because yeah. all of that is extremely relevant. Because I forget that undead creatures can be wild and dangerous, and put myself in danger by approaching them as if they were normal. Oh, so, yeah. It's this idea of like this is a dangerous thing, right? Like yeah. they're like any any one of these crews could just be like, well, we're gonna take out our swords and murder you, and. She has built this reputation, right? Like it's as much, it's as much uh, self-preservation as it is like genuine compassion to have this story built around her. It's as much a way of disarming these these impulses and making sure that in the back of the minds of all of these pirates, if they arrive at this place, they know not to pull out their guns and start shooting because, mm-hmm. oh, this is a safe place. She's She is consciously kind of... So I think, like, we perhaps see, like, notes. We see, see in, these, in this journal, like, I gave people my business card. Like, I told them this was a safe spot to, like, kind of tell her this story of, like, I've constructed this image of this being safe because that way when you die and you're, you're this this reflection of you washes up at my bar you're left with that reflection of a reflection of oh i'm comfortable here yeah yeah this is what this is what i asked for at death yeah damn and that's a wrap duchess cressida fucking plumtree love it wow outstanding um, thank you so much magic or girl kira for your prompt um if you'd like to submit a prompt of your own for use in all my fantasy blank page children another turn <laughs> there's so many ways to do it uh there sure are but before i throw all of those out tracy where can people find you and your work online? oh yeah sorry you're a good interview podcast person Jeff, i do this me. i do that we'll talk about this in a minute but i do do this every <laughs> week 
Uh, yeah, so you can find me uh, most places online at the other Tracy. That's T R A C Y. Uh, I'm pretty active on Twitter. Uh, you can find my itch, uh, the other Tracy I am currently uh, selling all of my stuff there on sale. I'm raising money to go to a bunch of conventions in 2020, so everything is literally like 60 some odd percent off. So you can get 17 games for 30 bucks. What? It's a real good deal. That's yeah. dope. You can get my entire catalog for 30 bucks and every uh I'm still making small games and as they come out they just get added to that catalog. Uh so it's just going to keep getting better as time goes on. Uh I have a Patreon that supports the creation of those small games and also supports another blank page. Uh you can find that at patreon.com/tracybarnett and the podcasting that I do is done through the auspices of the other cast uh which is all jammed together just like my online handle. Uh but you can search for another blank page on all the major services, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, so on and so forth. And then I also do uh, actual play. Uh, we are currently playing a Dungeons & Dragons 5e campaign that is loosely modeled on Waterdeep Dragon Heist. And the title of the game is Waterdeep for a Few Dragons More. Very, very good. Fuck yeah. So if you'd like to submit a prompt of your own for the, our show, you can tweet at us at AMFC underscore podcast. You can use the hashtag fantasy children. Uh, you can post them to facebook.com slash allmyfantasychildren. You can email them to us at allmyfantasychildren at gmail.com. You can go to bit.ly slash amfc discord and post them in the prompt submission channel. Or you can go to allmyfantasychildren.com. Dang to in. Uh, go there and check out all cool things on my fantasy children like our band camp, our Wikipedia page. You can contribute pages. F it. How, lo- how lit is that, as the kids say? Um, but anywho's, All My Fantasy Children is proud to be a part of the One Shot Podcast Network. Um, one, the One Shot Podcast Network is home to tons of dope tabletop RPG content. Be sure to check out all the cool podcasts, all the cool people. Learn tons of dope stuff. If you like this hobby, there's a lot to learn, and there's some really brilliant people online you can learn it from at the One Shot Podcast Network. Um, love it. But verbal hug this week, Tracy. Tra- Tracy, do you have? I'm glad that we went to. The, I'm glad you and I Aaron went to the same place. Of course. I do have a verbal hug. All right. Snap. There's not a lot of times this can happen, but sometimes you get lucky enough to speak a thing out into the universe and have it come true. So don't be afraid to to try and do that thing because you may just end up exactly where you want to be. It's beautiful. Damn, that was amazing. I, I, I would like, I want to really add to that also, don't be afraid to speak that thing into the universe, right? Like- yeah, it's yeah. I mean, I mean, honestly, you probably would have ended up a guest on the podcast at some point either way. But like you had said, I want to I want to do this. You you talked to Aaron at Gen Con like you spoke a thing into the universe and it happened. And I think the first step of that is saying, I want to do this is is mm-hmm. feeling comfortable enough in wanting something to say out loud. I want this and I, I want it to, to, to be in the world. And I think that's a very powerful, real thing. It is, it's, it's, it's its own sort of form of magic, right? It is, it is mm-hmm. putting something into the world and then letting that energy kind of reverberate and then letting that kind of motivate you to put in the work to make it happen. Yeah. Uh, to, to quote the bard, I'm not throwing away my shot. Exactly. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's, uh, sorry, I have to tack on now, because now we have this Three Musketeers thing going. Hell so, yes. um, it's a very interesting thing, like, uh, Tracy said, you gotta put it out there, and it's very true, because, like, my mom always says, like, if you need something, just, like, ask for it. She's, and, she's like, not there, is she? Not anymore, no, Did, did you tell her I said hi? I, of course, it's okay, an episode. Okay, good, okay, good. She goes, hi, guys! 
right. um, but, um, but it's like you when you ask it kind of it puts it out there one and then like for me i was like people want to be a guest on our fucking show so it's like it's you probably think that the asking is this grand task, not you, Tracy, but the listener. Like, you know, putting it out into the universe might be this scary thing that you never know. But like, there is a there's a door open waiting for you to walk through it. All you have to do is, you know, kind of kick it open or like step through. And you can't be afraid to fill that space. You know, if you say, like, I want to be on more podcasts, put it out there. And somebody will be like, oh, we're looking for fucking guests. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, there's always a need for what you want. There's always somebody who kind of wants the same thing. You just got to meet them and, you know, figure something out. Yeah, 100%. And this was fun. By the way, this that was, was like one of the better stories we've told in a long fucking time. So everybody go listen to another blank page because Tracy's clearly really fucking Real good, good at, at this. this. <laughs> Thank you both very much. Um, I do have one thing before we wrap up. I forgot what? this. Aaron, did you know I have another podcast? Wait, Jeff, do do you do you do another podcast? I do it. I do. I technically I do too, but I'm not talking about talking nog right now. Oh shit! <laughs> I jumped to the network right after. No, no, oh, you're good. I'm so stuck in our rhythm. Can you tell? <laughs> oh, tw- twenty twenty twenty. I want to be a guest on Talking Nog. Fuck, uh, <gasps> it might happen. I, I mean, ooh. I, I've been saying that I want to do an interviews episode of Talking Nog for a very long time, so I'll keep that in mind. When it's a bi-weekly podcast, what happens twice a week, Talking <laughs> yeah. Nog, where it's like... <laughs> Aaron, please don't throw out the idea of doing that, because I... I, I we, I, I, we just said that you're supposed to put things you want into the universe, and no. I want you to make a podcast that happens <laughs> twice, twice a, a fucking week, where you talk about a fucking milk drink, <laughs> an egg drink. <laughs> All right, anyway... Party of One is an actual play podcast focused on two-player role-playing experiences. Every week, I sit down with a friend. We play a two-player game. We share some laughs, maybe a few tears. We have a really good time. Tracy has been on, I want to say this, three episodes so far with two more recorded for a release in, I think, early January or the end of the year. I forget which. But you can Mm -hmm. hear uh, Tracy and I play a bunch of Iron Edda, which is a great game. Um, and you can find all of that at partyofonepodcast.com. Yeah. You also, yeah, you also played, the reason I found out about Party of One is you played, uh, One Shot. I did. Which is, yes. uh, my, t- my, one of my two player games. I did. And it's a great, that's a great episode itself. Dang. Y'all are industry people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, is that all we do on this show? I think that's it. So I, until next time, good, good night and, and good, good game. game. I'm here. I'm sorry, my music didn't work, Captain. The monster just kept coming and I couldn't stop it. I tried everything. I tried everything. It's no one's fault. You are not just my crew. You are my friend. My family. Now close your eyes and listen. Captain, it's our song. Rest, my friend. May she carve our likeness well. May she carve. Hard life.